Hey, mate. Uh, uh, just a quick question. Um, do you know how to deal with hemorrhoids on horses? Uh, Rabbit wants to know. He's, he's been crying. I've never seen him cry. He's really upset. Uh, if you can go to the library, look it up. Um, just get back to us real quick. Thanks, mate. Double finger gesture, huh? Let me send it. Let me send it this script. Ah, back to the original character, yes. That's <laughs> alright. Just read out the script, yes. <laughs> alright, mate. Alright, back in character. Now, this one, the name is one. The Battle of Platform 4. So, without further sweat, I'm on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. Not the green planet blown up by Luke Skywalker's uh, sweaty space hunk of a dad, mind you, but the nocturnal villagers rival in unemployment in the sloth, Alderaan, a mystical outpost in Box Hill, north somewhere between. 10th and 13th Scouts Group and the Coonan Prisoner of War Camp. A rambling thatch roof English style double story home. Complete with a sprawling backyard filled with Norfolk pines and a rumoured druid's grove. A magical forest of a backyard inhabited by possessed deer. Asterisk and Safeway workers gone AWOL in the early 1980s. Alderham was home to Nigel Neutron, Tommy Sheriff, and Hawkwind's one-man Australian fan club, Ricky Britton. It's a Cornish-style rooms, regularly filled with Kunung students in wonder-stuff t-shirts called Francis and Torkel. Talking with random Prussian dissidents about Kim Boisley's space explorations. Whereas the nocturnal village was built on good old violence, gut ripping, kangaroo punching, and razor blade attitudes, Oldham was all mystical sleep ins. Roast mull dinners, Pink Floyd stickered rusty orange Peugeots, and late night pristine murder flute gigs at the Green Lantern. Alderaan was filled with the vibe of scarecrow culture and the winter chill that ran down your spine as 5.30pm hit and Roger Ramjet's American hunk dissolved in the Thatchian terror of the Doctor Who theme songs. My diplomatic mission had been deemed necessary by Tommy Sheriff someone called Tommy Sheriff, borrowing Percy Honky's copy of The Hobbit for almost two years. Rabbit, who hated books, hated humans even more, and rapidly turned a book in passe into an excuse for full-scale attack, making his case at the Nocturnal Village Council, meeting with a Hitlerian speech in Pigeon England, interrupted by jaw spasms. His entire argument was based on his belief that if we wanted to kill everyone on earth he had to start somewhere with eyes on pegasus nobel peace pipe i hoiked my skin tight kmark jeans around my hulk of a waist and like somewhat like a hero walked into the baking 36 degrees 
in my aviator jacket and black t-shirt to Alderan, grimacing as my skin underneath broke out into a kind of a heap rash. Remember kids, main, main manliness stings. Remember that? Manliness stings. That's a little something to take away there. These, these stories aren't just for pure extreme entertainment value. You, you learn something from them. Anyway, 10 hours of negotiations with Sheriff followed. This epic session was stretched out as Sheriff ended each sentence by jumping to his feet and firing fake pistols with his hands and screaming, Tommy Sheriff! Each one, mate. Tommy Sheriff! Tommy Sheriff! This excruciating habit was finally interrupted by a breathless Nigel Neutron. Hold off the phone. Something big was going down. Okay, Neutron had just received a call from Ricky Britton in the city with Widdishan and Bob for the Iron Maiden gig, right? Now, some western suburbs blue-shirted freak named The Crim had started laying into him. They were desperately calling for reinforcements. We now thought we piled out of the house and headed for the nocturnal village. And as we did it, a gaggle of excited Kunung dorks followed up behind. You, you know what I mean. I mean, you've been, you've been in that sort of situation. By the time we reached the nocturnal village, more news had come in. Rumours flew like flying feces. Bob was holding off hundreds of bogans with a sharpened rubbish bin. Bruce Dickinson was backing them up with the toxic puppet. I'd been killed by a huge woman. Yoland Lim had built a synthetic waterborne tax official capable of wiping out poverty, poverty and tetanus. I screamed to Fuzzburn to call Nathan Nimrod with his manly Box Hill warriors baying for blood and at this late hour we needed transport. Fuzzburn told us that Nimrod was leaving Belgrave with an express train to hell. I mean soon stopping at Box Hill Platform 4, ready to deliver our boys into the fray. Thirty grunting, sweating, farting Nighthawks headed up Tram Raid towards Central and the station. As we walked, the numbers swelled and the battles of the East were forgotten as the larger war loomed. Sheriff reached into his hessian sack and pulled out a, a medieval horn he stole from copper art and he blew into it and he sent a call of arms right across the night air bogans stoners skaters and doll zombies stumbled out of their hovels and fell into the march we were joined right at about then we were joined up by the Donny Walks, Temple Lebanese Tigers, Ballwin Skeggs and Forest Hill Philippines in control. Around 300 heaving animals bursting to central, standing at the front of the Bogan Battalion, like an excited kid at the Frank's Toy Store annual Christmas fire. I started whining with an ear-splitting scream. Warriors, come out to play! 
And that was obviously from the very famous Hollywood film called The Warriors and a very good line and a, a line that has been just repeated by many and very much enjoyment gained from that line as people just repeated it and loved bandering it around, banding it around in a lot of story and celebration of that wonderful Hollywood film. <laughs> Great stuff. Oh. And <laughs> pushing, pun- punching and falling down the escalators with, without a concern for law and order, mind you, we crossed the tracks into the dark of platform, platform 4, into that absolute desolate darkness. An awe-inspiring moment began as we we saw the lights of Nimrod's war, war express approaching. Oh yeah, there it came, a percussive battle rhythm that began to break out as cricket bats, boots, chains, broken bottles slammed against the ground in unison. I finally found my, my place in the world. I wasn't meant for the marriage mortgage conveyor. No. I was a suburban white gut warlord. As, as the train pulled into the station, we raised our weapons and we let out a deafening war cry. I mean, even a war cry that was so deafening, the hearing were deafened and the deaf heard it. It was a terrific war cry. It, it broke out as loud as fire, just anything, right? It just broke out, you know, it broke right out. And it broke the hell out of everything, you know. It's just like, bang, and how it was there. However, and, okay, so dismay broke out as we realised there were no tracks on platform four. There were no tracks there. They just weren't there. Nimrod's War Express pulled into platform two. A confused Nimrod looked out from us and his driver's carriage shrugged as a couple of old ladies, old crones, boarded this train and gently pulled out. 30 seconds later, Fuzzburn's life was saved, running from 309 strong murderous mob with yours truly, the beefy beefy executioner, trademark, at the lead, moments from beating from the beating of a lifetime, the mop-haired actor who played Pugwall picked up the wrong time to beg for five cents out of the, <laughs> out of the front of, <laughs> of the bottle. <laughs> Fuzzburn went, <laughs> went to, and he hunted to the hunter. The hun- he went from the hunter to the hunter, did Fuzzburn, and this time Pugwall 300. 300 screaming warriors told you what to do. Oh yes, you, right there you. Beef up your hovercraft, wah wah knee lobotomy. The federal opposi- opposition leader, White Goar Reginald. Reginald. Salt man, I haven't 
and seeing you come up the driveway. Probably I, I have, have a little look out my window and see what people are up to. Haven't seen that you're up to anything much at the moment. Remember one of your friends came at 7.31 the other, the other week, that was probably about two months back. I found that of interest and wrote it down just so we could talk about it. I'm going to be going away soon, so when you do return, you probably won't notice my car in the driveway. I'll be going away on the 16th of September at 8pm. During that time, if any mail comes for me, I'd, I'd ask that you, that you collect it. Please put it in your mailbox. Don't leave it in my mailbox. I was also going to ask how you are. How are you, salt man? Is everything fine? The other morning, while having breakfast, I had an idle thought, but I put that out of my mind. I've been working on my posture, sitting bolt upright, and really considering my place on a chair. I suggest, salt man, that you do similar been very beneficial to me. Very beneficial. International affairs. Have you been following the news? Haven't seen much about Indonesia or what they're up to, but I always keep a keen eye. Seems relations have changed. I'm a reasonable person and I think if back when I was training in my uh, Pakapanyal days, which we've spoken about, which were wonderful, wonderful experiences. When we'd spoken about that previously, I'd always had fond memories of my thoughts of visiting the country, but of course under different circumstances then. It's changed now, things have opened up, and I suppose I have to move on. Um, and I would love to visit the country. I believe it's natural, natural, uh, natural wonders are wonderful, as they say. Very, very different to my Pakapanyal days of training. And I almost thought I was going to kill those people. But um, that's sort of, it's not where we are now. So, yeah, mostly the, the point of the telephone call was just to let you know that I won't be here. Um, if you want to contact me, firstly, perhaps consider if it is, it is necessary. Um, I'm a man who enjoys his privacy and his quiet enjoyment of his property. I almost sounded like I was from Brighton then. I'm not. Because I've always enjoyed our relationship, Salt Man. I, I think it's it's very it's very healthy. Now there is the matter of the rifle. Now that is under my bed. That's where it lives. That's where it stays. I know you have a lot of young friends running up and down the property. And if they were to come over my fence and access my property and interfere with my tools, then we may have issues. But you and I have never had issues. 
I like you, salt man, and I respect you, and I know what you're trying to do. I know. So you keep doing your thing and I'll keep doing mine, shall we? We'll enjoy each other's quiet enjoyment. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up with you was the matter of the mail, generally. The postman arrives at anywhere between, it's a very, very, very loose time frame, but the postman will get here any time between 2.20 and 2.29. That's on a Monday to a Thursday. When he brings your mail, I've noticed that you don't collect it immediately from your letterbox. I'd prefer it if your mail was cleared by, let's say, quarter past three. I think that's reasonable if you could clear your mail from your letterbox by quarter past three. I do feel it sitting there creates an issue and a disturbance. And as a man who's trained militarily, issues and disturbances are the things that we're trying to avoid. And I believe that while we've lived together, we've had few of those. And those that we have had have been far between. So Ben, I'll also take this opportunity to comment on your progress as a young man. I've seen that and it's fine to, to watch. I have noticed your body change. I've noticed your shoe size increase. Are you a 9 now? Or would that be an 8.5? I uh, my sizing I must admit is based on American sizes as those were the sizes of our army boots. I still think in those terms. Very, very hard wearing and durable pants and boots that we had in those days, salt man. You'd do well to collect yourself some of those. I could assist you with the purchase. We could travel together to Elizabeth Street in town and look at the army disposals and buy the boots. This question requires a response, salt man. I realise I didn't frame it so specifically, but I would like to shop with you. Every day is just one day, salt man. One day. But I digress. When you reply to me, I would like to know more about your day, about your time, your wishes.